Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. From Lex on Twitter, uh, Sheehan, this is proof that Sam Howell, sorry, his my, my screen blinked. This is proof that Sam Howell isn't the guy. He needs to take a breath. Give me a break. If he's your future starter, put him out there against the best team in the NFL and see how he bounces back, period. Um... Yeah, I, I said at the beginning of the show, even though I thought it was going to be Brissett, uh, my lean would be to put the competitive kid back out there. Uh, I, Ron's answer, to a certain degree, is what you described. I agree with you. It is he needs to take a a breath. He needs to you know uh, sit back and and watch. You know he's in a rut right now. Well. If you're the starting quarterback of a franchise, or if you think he's the starting quarterback of a franchise moving moving forward, you let him work through that rut. He's too tired physically, mentally. Well, suck it up. If you're a long-term franchise guy, you know, then let's see him out there the final two weeks because I I, I don't need to see Jacoby Brissett. I know what Jacoby Brissett is, and I love Jacoby Brissett. But he's not the answer either in terms of what they look for long-term. And let me reiterate once again, um, because somebody else tweeted me that, you know, this is Ron trying to save the locker room. I completely disagree with that. I just don't think this is the same as early in the season with Dwayne Haskins. I don't think this is the same as Jay Gruden with RG3. All right, I think this is totally about Ron Rivera really feeling like this guy is completely shot and almost incapable of, of, of playing quarterback. And that is a bit of an indictment, further indictment on Sam. I would agree with that. Lex, I appreciate the note. Um, Kevin was on hold for a while and then had to get off hold. I did not get to Kevin. But Kevin told me to just take a quick look at Ron Rivera's overall record. And you decide why he's playing Jacoby Brissett in the final two games. So I did. Ron Rivera's total NFL record, Caroline and Washington, going into his final two games as a head coach. I think we know that. He's not going to be a head coach anywhere next year or beyond. Is 102 wins, 101 losses, and two ties. If he loses the final two games, he'll leave head coaching as a losing overall coach, a sub-500 record as Kevin pointed out he's an alpha male and he does not want his career to end sub 500 and so Brissett clearly and that's not debatable at this point okay right now Brissett gives them a better chance 
to be competitive on offense, to be professional on offense, and by extension, the best chance to win the game. Kevin, I don't think you're that far off. I I wish I had looked at his record earlier. I would have mentioned it. Um, I think that there is some truth in that. For sure. Look, last year, Ron didn't want to finish sub-500 again, um, and he put Sam Howell out there when actually you could have made the case that Taylor Heineke would have given them a better chance to beat the Cowboys, given that Howell had not played at all, was a rookie and hadn't played. So in that particular instance, you know, he didn't necessarily, you know, go out swinging with the best quarterback in the moment. Um, but had to be talked out of it, right? He had to be talked out of it by Taylor Heineke. And somehow Sam got it done for him, and he finished 500. But interesting, yeah, he's one game career over 500, two losses, and he will leave coaching a sub-500 regular season coach. Um, Interesting. Uh, Paulie, Paulie, go ahead. Big guy, how you doing, man? What's up? Hey, man. Yeah, man, Kevin is 100% right. And this is about Ron Rivera's ego, his warped ego at, at that. And, and this whole four years has been about his warped ego, man. Man, you start Sam Howe, you run the ball, you run the clock out, you run the season away. Period. That's it, man. This this shouldn't be about – look, it was obvious to me when they signed Brissett that he was the best quarterback on the roster. Yeah. It was obvious to me. It was obvious to me after the first preseason game where Brissett was making big boy throws that he was the better quarterback on the roster. And what did they do a couple of days later? They announced Howell as the starter, right? And after that, you seen uh, uh, Brissett was disinterested in preseason because at that point he knew I'm the backup. And nothing in these preseason games was going to get me ready for the season. But, Paulie, he did not, by all accounts, beat Sam Howell out during training camp. Listen, listen. I, I I'm just telling you. Man, you. That's practice. Listen, well, I, hear what I understand. Just, but, it, was, but there was a chance. Hold on. I'm going to let you finish. There was a chance because you and I talked about this all from January until training camp started. There was a chance that Sam was – this is why I was never in favor of just giving Sam 17 games because, of course, given that he had never played before, there was a chance he was not going to be you know, a guy that could function as an NFL quarterback. That chance existed, but nobody saw that during preseason, training camp, even the offseason heading into the opener. Like, it was not clear that Sam was in over his head. Yeah, and by the way, he didn't play in like he was in over his head for the first half of the season. Listen, it, but it shouldn't have never, never been about him being in over his head. It should have always been about which quarterback gives you the best chance no. to have a winning record in a winning season. And that was always Brissett. You can't sit here and tell me a guy who played a, a glorified preseason game and a fifth-round draft pick was better than this veteran guy. You can't no, I couldn't that. tell you that. It, of was, course it not. was all about an agenda from the beginning. Yeah. Ron Rivera's agenda. That's it. And, and, and I hear people talking about we got to blame Eric No, you don't. Again, Ron Rivera, at any point this season, he could have stopped all this passing, but he didn't. I remember a coach named Buddy Ryan punching the offensive coordinator in the face for throwing the ball too much. <laughs> Gilbride. Come on, man. Listen, this is, this is asinine. Sam Howell should be starting these last two games, and we should just be running the ball 30, 40 times a game, 
running his clock out, going home, getting ready to draft his quarterback at number three. Because you got to pick that high. The law of the, the, law of the NFL is you got a top three pick, you better be taking a quarterback. All right, we already debunked that law four years ago, and you see what happened uh, this year with that. All right, if you wanted to give a guy uh, the autonomy of 15 games and sticking with him through uh, thick and thin, the guy should have been your first round pick that you inherited in Dwayne Haskins that you sabotaged four games in. That's who that should have been the guy that you gave that autonomy to, not Sam Howell, not Honey. Right, because because of the talent, et cetera. Yeah, but but there was a big difference with that one. By the way, if he was going to really, if the winning record overall was like not finishing with a sub five hundred, he should have started Brissett Sunday against the Jets. Clearly. That's going to be no, no, if he loses these final two games. If Brissett doesn't get him the one to get him over five hundred to keep him over five hundred, he's going to look back and say, "Why didn't I start Brissett against the Jets?" Listen, Brissett should have been playing a long time ago. Uh, okay, but we starting. know why he wasn't. No listen. no, listen, listen, listen. Maybe not starting, but like uh, Ian said, another call. He should have been coming in some of these games a long time ago. Because outside of four games, outside of Arizona, Denver, and maybe the two Eagles games. Um, um, how well, he didn't play well in the Arizona the second, game. How has struggled in the second half of a lot of these games where teams made their adjustments to the offense and Sam Howell in the second half, he has struggled in a lot of these games in the second half, right? So if Ron really cared about winning and the players and all that other stuff, man, he would have been made this decision to play Brissett in some of these games a long time ago, wow. and he didn't. He wanted to stick on his developing the quarterback thing and you let and it'll make or break it year. So it just shows you Ron's whole mindset, his whole wishy washy, his whole Yeah, he was it, this was a wishy washy, confused, almost disengaged year, no doubt. Um let's go to thanks, Paul. Let's go to Kevin in Pennsylvania. Kevin, go ahead. Yeah, um I feel like um Powell is, is not a good quarterback. Um, this is my first time calling. Uh, Howell's not a good quarterback. He stands in the pocket. He was getting sacked a lot. He's got almost the most sacks in NFL history. So that's telling me that he's not a competent quarterback. He can throw the ball. He is a good thrower. But I think Brissett would have definitely been a better quarterback for the for the commanders. Um, he showed you that he can pass. He can run Eric the enemy's offense. But my thing is everybody wants to draft quarterback. I don't think drafting the quarterback is the answer because you don't have a line. If you don't start percent, do not. If you don't start percent next year, don't draft the quarterback because you have too many holes on offense. And you got five picks. You got you got the second line. most cap space in the league. They can do both. They can actually walk and chew gum at the same time, Kev. Uh, in this particular case, but when you're in the top three and you got three quarterbacks that, based on evaluation, are top three-ish kind of quarterbacks, and you don't have an answer, a long-term answer, quarterback, you have to take one. Period. Have to. At but number what, three, but what about unless they hate them all. For this quarterback. No, no, no. I'm saying, but what about all this line to block for this quarterback? You, you've got five picks like in the Derek first Carr. three rounds. Like you've got eighty million in cap Carr. space, ninety million in cap space. You're going to have a lot of opportunity to build in this particular offseason around the young quarterback that you select. Thanks, Kev. Let's go to John in Oklahoma. John, go ahead. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure, hey, John. Listen, Kev, we all talked about. I mean, we all talked about the first year. You know, 
Benjamin was passing too much. After the fourth or fifth game, you know, everybody knew he was in the uh, – the adjustments the other teams made in the second half where they still couldn't believe he was dropping back on a five-step drop and passing. We, we should have been running the ball, taking pressure off him. But th- the things we know about Sam is he can make all the throws. Very few quarterbacks can make all the throws. True. And we knocked him on, we knocked him on his first year, Kevin. And, you know, uh, some of the best quarterbacks in the league, like um, – uh, have had a lot better coaches. Uh, Tony Dungy and uh, the, I can't think the guy from Tennessee, uh, the brothers. Uh, oh, come on. I can't believe the, the quarterback. What are you talking about? Yeah. Manning? Peyton Manning with Dungy? Yeah, yeah. His, yeah, look at his first year in the NFL. Under yeah. a good coach, Tony Dungy. He could, you know, he got sacked time after time. He couldn't play first year. Nobody wrote him off. His kids played quarterback. Well, because he was the first pick in the draft, you know, and I talked a lot about this during the offseason. You stick longer with bigger investments. Right, but look at his first year. Uh, His Uh first year, that's what we're talking about. Okay, you know, uh, Rome wasn't built in a day. I've never been there, but I know that. But listen, his dad's coached him his whole life as quarterback, and and the enemy just kept putting him in that five-step drop. Everybody knew where he was going to be after the first half and first part of the season. He stayed the pocket. And that's why he's starting to run like the last four or five games. He's run for his life. But listen, Kev, we, we, this offensive line is so horrific. You know, we were supposed to be the Giants that first game. Look what they did. They were knocking the pants off that center. Uh, he, every time he got up, he didn't pull his pants up. They knew right where he was going to be. They had the game of their year right there. It's just this, this coaching step. The enemy had this deal where he was going to show them what they could do. And then make them do more, you know. So they can yeah. do more. And, you know, you can only get so much out of a lemon, squeeze so much yeah. juice out of anything. Look, I, John, I appreciate the call, and I do think, like you know, we write off quarterbacks way too quickly. Um, I mean, Geno, Geno Smith is a perfect example. I mean, he looked like a career journeyman. And he was in the Pro Bowl last year and, by the way, had two great drives on the road at the end of the Tennessee game on Sunday. And they're going to more likely than not go to back-to-back uh, you know, playoff games uh, in his two years. Um, but the, the Peyton Manning didn't take the, the number of sacks, I, I don't think, that, 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 uh, that Sam Howell did. He didn't have the fatal flaws that Sam has. The, these are things we've been talking about all year long. It was very clear, even in some of the games in which he performed well in, you know, but he was still taking too many sacks early on. The funny thing is he's bailed on sack getting sacked because he bails on the pocket much quicker now. And on in that uh, in, in, in that's frustrating for them too because he's missing on a lot of throws. But even in some of the games that he had um, that were decent, like the first Philly game, he got sacked five times, and when with the game, you know, uh, in, in that first Philly game, in the um, in the Chicago game when he threw for like two fifty in the second half, he got five, sacked five times. The Atlanta game, which was a decent game for him, and they actually ran the ball a little bit more in that game, he got sacked five times. So the, he's if we if we take all of the minutia out of the conversation about this game versus that game, the the bottom line is he went in the fifth round for the reason we saw all season long, and that is. He doesn't process quickly, doesn't see it quickly enough, and because of it, he either takes a lot of sacks or he bails on plays and bails out of the pocket too quickly. Yes, the offensive line was a problem. Yes, at times receivers weren't getting open. But this has been his biggest 
flaw going back to North Carolina. It's why he fell to the fifth round, why nobody wanted him except for Washington when he got to the fifth round. They finally took him. And we've seen that play out in 15 games. And we said all along early, hey, maybe this will improve. Maybe it will get better. Maybe some of these flaws won't be fatal for him, even though they have been fatal for a lot of other quarterbacks that have had the same limitations. And what we've learned here is that they probably aren't fixable to a point in which you would end up with a top half of the league starting quarterback. Like, to me, the odds on that are long. Does he have a career in the NFL? Definitely. He can make every throw. He is mobile. He's a playmaker. You know, he, he, he's competitive as hell. There's a lot to like about Sam Howell. But this franchise is going to be in quarterback search mode starting when the new general manager, new head coach, the new front office is in place. Quarterback is going to be number one on the priority list. Now, is it possible they sit down with Jaden Daniels and with Caleb Williams and Drake May and they're like, ugh, I don't want him in my locker room. I don't want him as my quarterback. I see things on tape I don't like. No, we're not going with quarterback in this draft. We're going to use this pick at number three. We're going to leverage it into a lot more picks, and we're going to take somebody like, you know, Penix Jr. in the second round or later in the first round or a McCarthy. Uh, That's all possible, too. But they're going to look into it, as they should, and they'll be very serious about looking into it uh, because watching the tape and watching Sam's limitations, uh, they're not apparently things that he's going to be able to overcome at enough of a level to build a team around. Um, Lou, Lou, finish it up for us. Sorry for making you hold so long. Go ahead. Hey, what's going on, Kevin? Hey, Lou. Happy holidays. Yeah, um, you too. Uh, um, like you say that, like Paulie say that everyone pretty much I've said that I think it's the wrong move, but at the same time, you know, you know, it's Ron, man. He's, you know, back to doing what he's been doing the entire season, if not since last season, pretty much lying and making up stuff and, and putting Sam in, in a situation where he can't succeed. I mean, I don't know anybody ex- except except Sam to succeed in this. Well, Ron didn't put him in those positions, Lou. You and I have a fundamental difference about what's happened offensively. You think Ron's made all the calls offensively. That's not true. This has been Eric Bieniemy's show from the jump. From the jump. So if you're going to say that that they didn't set it up well for the quarterback, talk about include Eric Bieniemy in your criticism. But, but Kevin, EB just got here about 4 months about 5 6 months ago. I'm not I'm not criticizing EB. Everybody else go could go ahead and criticize EB. Oh, the offense doesn't run the ball this or oh, they don't do this. Well, well, but how is it Ron's fault that Sam regressed? Why is it Ron's fault for Sam's regression this year? Kevin, if Ron cares about winning and care about his job, what they should have done in the offseason, addressed it with O-line. That was the issue. But they decided not to. They went on, well, I guess he went on to pick a, a DB for his buddy. That's what he did. It's obvious. Hold on for a second. Hold on. They signed Gates. They signed Wiley, which was Eric Bieniemy's signing. Andrew Wiley was. That's the guy he wanted. How did that turn out, Kevin? How did those players turn out? 
I mean, well, you, not you, very good, actually. So Eric Bieniemy's selection of Andrew Wiley was not a good selection. But I do agree with you that, that offensive line wasn't addressed enough. I'm not disagreeing with you on that. I'm not disagreeing with you on that. Okay, they did not have a good offensive line. They also didn't have a very good quarterback, Lou. Okay. But nah, Sam, Kevin, Kevin, let's not let's not go there. Sam and, and Eb deserve a redemption. Uh, 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 really? A story that is. Uh, I, I you like want to put? You want to bring that the, both of them back next year? Man, I, Kevin, I've seen enough from Sam. I feel like he deserves to get another starting okay. opportunity. If that's either here or somewhere else, I don't care. But I just hope they give him an opportunity next season with a coach that know how to coach that care about winning. His coach was the Eric Bieniemy on offense. Everything you Kevin, saw offensively was the enemy. He's the only person that care about winning. These guys complain about coaching being hard. Oh, they want to go home early. Guess what? The actual head coach, he he he. I guess he 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 take the complaints to the media, tell to tell the media about it, and make Eb look bad. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Look, I'm not. I'm not a fan of Ron's last couple of years here either. I'm not saying that, but you want to blame Sam Howell's production or lack thereof this year on Rivera when Eric Bieniemy had total autonomy over the offense. Everything that happened offensively this year was Eric Bieniemy's call from the jump. So his, I get that that part. I get that part. What you're saying, but what I'm saying is. Like he got here in the summertime when in the middle of the ownership, you know, switching up. So he didn't have the opportunity to come in and, and say, okay. What do you mean? He was a part of the whole off season. They hired him in March. But Kevin, okay. If, they brought okay, in Andrew uh, Wiley. Uh, they, they brought in Byron Pringle. They brought in, who was the other KC receiver that they brought in that they didn't keep? They, they, well, uh, well, he even yeah. admitted that he was involved in a lot of the personnel decisions on offense. That's just a bunch of BS, Kevin. Let's be honest. Oh your right God. mind. Would you, it's okay Kevin, to say you, Eric Bieniemy did not necessarily help Sam. No, no, I, it's I, also okay to say Eric Bieniemy would have done much better with Jacoby Brissett. I'm much more open no, to that. But but to to sit here and blame the production on offense on Sam Howe, uh, 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 Sam Howe's production or lack thereof solely on Ron Rivera, not include Eric Bieniemy in the conversation. I think is I don't know why you would do that. He's had total no, control he, over the offense from day one no, since he Kevin, got here. Kevin, he, Kevin, what I'm what I'm trying to understand is like why Ron and his buddy JDR decide to pick two defensive backs that don't even see the field when you know the offensive line was a struggle. They couldn't. Well, run they the wanted. Ball, they, and now you telling J- me they signed Wiley and this other guy, the, this trash guy from New York. It looks like he's. Come on, Kevin. I, 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 well, I'm, again, Eric was a part of those discussions. By the way, Biannimi wasn't hired in March. He was hired on February 18th, just to to be factual um, as it relates to that. Look, the, the, the truth is they had offensive line, and that's what they wanted to do in the first round of the draft. But the kid from Tennessee went a couple of picks early. Uh, that was the kid they wanted, um, uh, Darnell Wright, the kid that uh, Chicago drafted, right, Denton? Yeah, Chicago drafted. He was the guy they really wanted. They liked Skronsky, too, from Northwestern, but both of those guys were gone at 16. 
Uh, I don't know if they would have taken Broderick Jones had he fallen to 16, but they were going to take and wanted to take Darnell Wright um, and even, you know, potentially would have uh, taken Skronsky had he fallen. But there wasn't an offensive lineman that they had rated higher than Forbes on their list at the time. They made a mistake on Forbes, maybe. I don't know. It's kind of early on that, too. Uh, ben Standig's going to jump on with us next. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980 and the Team980.com. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. I love Lou. Lou's one of my favorite callers and one of my favorite people. But Lou, you got to listen to this because Denton pointed something out when we went to break, and I should have pointed this out to you. Um, you know, first of all, Eric Bieniemy had total autonomy over this offense from the jump. He was hired on February 18th. Uh, everything that they did in the offseason, everything they Ron Rivera changed at meeting times and meeting days to accommodate and to make things as easy. Uh, and um, open to, uh, to to success for Eric Bieniemy as as possible. But the whole offensive line thing all year long, and I, I've discussed this many times. Okay, I don't think I've watched a really good offensive line at any point. By the way, let's bring Ben Standig in. Ben Standig, our Washington Commanders insider. He was at the presser earlier. He's with us right now. Um, uh, I'm just uh, uh, real quickly. I just want to mention Ben that all year long, I don't feel like I've watched a really good offensive line. But right now, through 15 weeks of the season, 15 games, 16 weeks of the NFL season, Washington's line per next gen's pass block win rate uh, number is 14th best in the league, top half of the league as a pass blocking offensive line. I think one of the reasons that a lot of you get so worked up over the offensive line. First of all, Sam's had a lot to do with that. But secondly, um, and more importantly, watch the rest of the league. Offensive line is a problem in a lot of places. It's the place where you end up with the most musical chairs during the season because you've got injuries, uh, in part because there are five players in that position group, the most of any position group. But um, you've got a lot of teams that struggle uh, with offensive line talent, with offensive line production. Um, scheme has something to do with it, and quarterback has something to do with it, ultimately in terms of the number of sacks they take. But Washington's offensive line is 14th in the league, 14th best 
in pass block win rate. It, it hasn't looked good to me either at times, but I'm just telling you what the advanced numbers on their offensive line, in part because there are a lot of bad offensive lines around the league. All right, let's bring in uh, Ben Standig. Uh, at Ben Standig on Twitter, subscribe to The Athletic, listen to his podcast, Standig Room Only. Ben is with us today because he wasn't with us on Monday. He'll be back with us on Friday. So um, because we haven't talked on the air since Sunday, just give me your overall sort of chronological, you know, Brissette coming in again, the follow-up to that, and then ultimately arriving here this morning with Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera deciding with two games left he's going to start Brissette at least Sunday against the Niners. Yeah, I mean, even for Sam Howe, who is, you know, his numbers, his production, his play has been declining in recent weeks. What we saw in the first half in particular of that game uh, uh, up in New Jersey was pretty unsightly. You know, what did he finish? Six for 22. His passer rating was like one, <laughs> something insane like that. 1.7. Um, passer rating. And QBR was 1.7 as well. Yeah. I mean, it was obviously a pretty dismal situation, independent of the fact that Jacoby comes in and you know, gets keeps getting touchdowns when he plays. Weird things tend to happen when backups come in for a variety of reasons. But putting that aside, you know, Sam obviously looked uh, pretty lost out there, and that's a concerning thing from the long term. I mean, it's concerning in the moment for everybody involved. He's you know trying to put their best foot forward, but you know from a longer term perspective, because as we heard the head coach say many times this year, this season is all about developing the young quarterback, and now he's clearly you know taking a step back. How much is you know, up for the evaluators to uh, to determine. So I understood why they brought Brissett in. And, you know, I understand now why they're staying with Brissett. Obviously, going up against San Francisco this week, you know, it's you know, still arguably the best team in the league with a hellacious defense. You know, that's a bad spot for a young quarterback who's clearly, you know, maybe hasn't lost his confidence, but something is going uh, sideways here. That, that said, I don't know if for me – it's the best thing to do. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Like, again, I I guess for me, it's like I don't like to let the people who say the things that they say off the hook. It's too easy to say he didn't, he had no, you know, he had no choice. I was talking here with some of my colleagues in the media room about the notion that he's got to look out for the other 52 players and making this call. And, you know, I, I would argue that, sure, Hal has looked so poor that maybe it does make sense to give him a rest and give him a mental break and let him watch and you know, for him to pick things up where they go. But he wasn't worrying about the other 52 players in the middle of the year when he kept saying that this season is all about the young quarterback. He wasn't right. saying the season was all about making the playoffs. He was saying the season's all about developing that guy. So if that's going to be your notion, then stay with it. Let's see if Hal can get through. Now that said, you know, can he work through this? That said, he's they're speaking to him. They're seeing what's going on behind the scenes. I'm not. So if they felt that it was best for him and his career to sit him, that's fine, but the idea that it would be about the other 52 guys, and I, that to me doesn't work when you just kept saying over and over again that the season's about the young quarterback. I would even add to that. I completely agree with you. This is not a this is not apples to apples to the Dwayne Haskins situation or the RG three situation. There are two games left in a season that's already sunk, uh, and we know from all season long, Sam's well liked and respected by players. I don't think this is about saving a locker room. What's the point of saving a locker room at four and eleven anyway? I think they just if it really is about this guy's just not 
capable right now of functioning because of the confidence and he's you know he's just shot mentally and he's frustrated and it's it's really we're, we don't want to see this anymore for him then then that's fine but I, I also just want to add because somebody had tweeted me this earlier that is an indictment on Sam I mean if you're looking for any 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 further indictment the fact that the current coaching staff doesn't think that he's fit to even go out there and play in the final two games um that's not what you would say about a future starter that you want to build around I know that ship has sailed for most of us but there are still people hanging on to the idea that he was screwed by an offensive line an offensive coordinator a head coach a defense and everything else but you know sitting him and essentially saying he's not fit right now physically or mentally to go out there mentally really is not a good look for Sam either I I, I would have put him out there personally yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, I, you know, like I said, they know what's going on more than we do from the outside right. in terms of him and what's going on. So, you know, if there's some true scarring happening because of what's going on, then okay, then, you know, you got to make that call. And like I said, if the, if the decision was based on he is just playing poorly to that end, okay, I get it. But, you know, like I said, if the whole point, as they said over and over and over again, was about developing him and seeing what he can do, then, you know, that should be played through. I mean, you know, every quarterback, let's just say they draft a quarterback with a third pick in this draft. Well, that player will presumably go through some periods where he's throwing too many interceptions and taking too many sacks and making too many mistakes. Obviously, we wouldn't be going, well, you got to just sit that guy. He's not, it's not working out. I mean, you know, you, you know I mean, if you're going to, you know, if the goal is to develop that player, I think you got to see it through. So, I, you know, like I said, I get it to an extent, but – it, it's it's uh, at this point, like you said, it's also, you know, like you said, the season is over. This isn't about, you know, there was a question last week about, you know, because the Sam's playing poorly, would you sit him if the playoffs were in, in, in the mix? And Ron basically was like, yeah, maybe. Which to me, I was like, well, one, it's not the mix. Two, unless we're saying the defense looks much, much better right. than presumably how we've been playing fine enough to do that. But also that's the playoffs. Like you have to make that determination what's the best thing for this team? I get at that point, it's about the 52. At this stage, with two games to go, I don't see it. What do you think of the theory my longtime listener and caller, Kevin, proposed to me, which is he told me to go look at Rivera's overall record, which is 102, 101, and 2 in the regular season. Two more losses means he exits as a head coach with a career sub-500 record. Do you think that he wants to give it as much of a chance to win one of these final two games to end up with a a better than 500 record? If he can win one of them, he'll end up 103-102-2 versus the opposite. Um, He's, you know, there's some pride with this guy. There's some compete with this guy. Always has been. You think that was in play at all? Well, to say that I hadn't thought about that until you brought this up, it's true, except the crazy thing is while you, we were talking and I was speaking to my first answers, I heard my phone make a noise, and just to make sure I wasn't missing something, I looked to see just now what it was, and it was somebody sending me a text saying, do people recognize that he's going to Brissette because he wants to keep his record over 500? So apparently two people at least had this thought. I mean, <laughs> boy, I'd like to say that's no, that that's not the case for a hundred reasons, but it is an interesting dynamic. Um, 
Because, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's uh, – look, I mean, these guys do have a lot of ego and a lot of pride, and I can understand that he would not want that uh, – you know, I mean, not to mention, like, you know, at this point they're going to – well, it's uh, not like it's lose. a difference between the Hall of Fame and not the Hall of Fame, but well, it, but it is I mean, a big a, distinction, you know. Yeah, I was yeah, a winning head coach in my fifteen year, whatever number of years he was a head coach. Right, 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 right. No, I mean, you know, uh, thirteen. I, I, you know, look, he's already going to be as a thirteen. This is his thirteenth year, and in ten of those years, his teams um, finished with a non-winning record. So right. he's already it's already gone that you know been rough that 15 and one season with the Panthers was really is doing a lot of work to to prop up the overall thing. But yeah, that is kind of a crazy thing. I mean, the fact that they're playing, if that's really the case, he really has to hope Dallas loses this week because then Dallas exactly. makes guys next week. Cause other right. than that, I just don't see how they're winning that game either. They're not winning Sunday with Brissett or without him. I mean, it doesn't matter. They, I mean, it, it I, I love Jacoby Brissett. I've, I've always loved Jacoby Brissett. Um, but they're not going to beat this team coming off that loss on Monday night. You know, things happen in the NFL, but I don't think that's happening. But you're right. Ron's best shot is for Dallas to lose to Detroit on Saturday night, Philly to beat the Cardinals, and Dallas then would have nothing to play for in the season finale, which it almost looked like they had nothing to play for last year when they actually did have something to play for. We're talking to Ben Standing. So... By, by the way, can I just go back to something here really quick? Sure. This, this idea of whether or not he's you know, got to think about the other 52 guys, 52 players. Was he thinking about them six days after the last season when before he has an OC, before he's gotten into free agency, before they've added quarterback competition, before they've had a real chance to even think about what to do? They declare the kid with one career start, um, the, the, the QB1 entering the offseason, and basically telling any OC who might be interested in coming here, that's the plan. Was that really thinking about everything else? I, I don't think so. I think that was a bit of a Hail Mary, and I'm not knocking. Look, Sam Howell, I think, overall has still exceeded expectations. Now maybe it's a little closer to that line of scrimmage as opposed to being down the field, but Sam Howell's done fine. And if they wanted to move forward with him in some capacity, starter or backup, or at least think about it, sure. But in terms of what was best for this team to win, there's no way you can tell me that six days after the season when he didn't even want to start Sam Howell initially in that last game, that yeah. he was thinking about the greater good when he made that decision. Well, I mean, look, we, 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 t- we've been talking about this for so long, um, but the, the, big, the big ideas, the big thoughts, they don't go away. And this was a wish-casting situation from the jump. You know, you were, for in my world, you were the first to suggest – Hey, he went this route just to deflect attention from what was a hideous end to the 2022 season, specifically the uh, the uh, Cleveland game, which went started and he forgot, you know, that they could be eliminated at the end of that thing. Um, and you know, he had to be talked into playing ta- uh, to, to playing Sam Howell or starting Sam Howell by Taylor Heineke. Um, and in, in the, the bottom line is I still think it's one of the most inflated reactions, positive reactions to a performance in our fan base's recent history. I mean, you would have thought that that Dallas game last year, it was, you know, the second coming of – uh, of of Kurt Warner, like you know, as as an undrafted guy or barely drafted guy, and this guy literally he was eleven for nineteen. He was fine. He was fine in that yeah. game, but there was no reason to do what he did other than for your reason. But it was wish casting. It was hope 
Um, it was dreaming overdoing right from the beginning because he saw this as a way to enhance his legacy. And look, Sam didn't give him any reason in the offseason training camp or for much of the first half of the season, even beyond that, to to have that dream die. You know, there were enough good things going on, which certainly had enough people believing that they were seeing the, the, the next franchise quarterback. Um, but, you know, clearly the teams they were playing were not as good defensively as the teams they've played here recently. And we've seen a crashing back to earth. I actually mentioned to somebody the other day, and I think I mentioned it on my podcast, I loved your hypothetical a few weeks back. Like, what if this schedule had actually been reversed? And they had opened with all of these good defensive teams early in the season. You know, they went Dallas 49ers, Jets, Rams, Dolphins, Cowboys to start the season. Um, you know, instead of having Denver and Philly and the, you know, Chicago uh, early on, whose defense, remember that night, was completely cooked of its best players on that Thursday night. I mean, would we have even seen more than six or seven games of them? I mean, it's possible we wouldn't have. Yeah, no, for uh, for for sure. By, by the way, to your point of the optimism after that week 18, I think people, I'm half joking, but maybe not. I think people are more optimistic about Hal than they were after Timmy Smith in the Super Bowl. Like, I mean, yeah. you would have thought that, uh, like you said, that this was the answer. And it was like, yeah. And, well, you know, you a, and I, we've talked a lot about it, Ben. It's a scarred fan base. It is uh, not. It's not. It's not the fault of anybody in the fan base. We haven't had a legitimate quarterback now in six seasons. So anybody that can throw the football like Sam can, and he can throw it and can move around and make plays, is going to excite people, and they're going to ignore some of his flaws. Not everybody, um, but certainly, you know, there was a pretty sizable portion of the fan base that was bought in to this. So speaking of that, let's move forward. Um, So 15 games, and let's just assume he doesn't play another down this season. He might play against Dallas, who knows. Um, But let's just assume he doesn't. Uh, have you seen enough to, to, to know that they've got to have quarterback is priority number one personnel wise when they get to the off season? Yeah. I mean, certainly, you know, it's funny if you go back and listen to all of my, all of our conversations on this show throughout the year, the pro- charting, the progression of like, boy, you know, you and I were pretty, pretty, pretty steadfast early on and saying, if you guys want to declare Sam, the guy go ahead, I need to see more. We need to see more. Then he starts getting better. Boy, Sam Howell looking pretty good. Even get you know, get to the New England game. You know what? He's probably done enough at this point to justify being week one quarterback, especially with the salary, assuming that's what they want to do. And now it's like, well, <laughs> uh, I think you're going to have to go back to the well in some capacity. Um, I, I started talking about this on my podcast. Uh, I did one yesterday with Fred Smoot about how I'm coming. I'm warming up sort of to the idea of should they decide that they want to build the offensive line above all. That going, that staying with Brissett and Howe, but making it a competition as opposed to just anointing Howe, isn't necessarily the worst idea if you're willing to slow play it a little bit. Uh, because you know, but the whole point for for not wanting to just go to Brissett automatically is kind of puts you back into that Taylor Heineke, Ryan Fitzpatricky, you know, middle of the pack scenario. And this team needed, you know, I'll give credit for Ron for this, whether he intended it or not. Howe was the all or nothing choice. Either they were going to find a quarterback or they were going to bottom out. And obviously we know how that went. So the fact that they have the third pick right now, and you know, probably worst case, it's the fourth pick, depending on how the strength of schedule stuff goes. Um, they'll be in position to take one. 
we've got a ways to go from the evaluation standpoint. But, you know, if they see a quarterback that they love, I would absolutely say go do that. If they're not enamored of Caleb Williams and Drake Mayer off the board and they don't like, uh, you know, kind of hedging, go ahead, take one of those offensive linemen if you think they're worthy and, and, and go from there. Like I said, at that point, a percent how combination doesn't seem that bad. Again, if you're willing to accept that it's going to be another sort of down to middling kind of year, um, which, you know, for a new regime coming in, that's not, you know, that's not a bad place to be. You're allowed, you're going to get um, more, you know, uh, wiggle room from the, from everybody uh, at, at that point. But yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody who at this point is saying they still want to go with how that just seems like a big stretch. I will say Fred Smoot was saying to me yesterday on the podcast that he does think that's what he would still do. But um, I, I, that's just a tougher road for me at this point. Yeah, I think it's just going to come down to the new regime and how they evaluate the quarterbacks because I think that'll be priority one. But it's always possible that they'll come to the conclusion that they don't love any of them and they'd be reaching at three or four. And let's you know take the best offense alignment or let's trade back and accumulate more picks. And then maybe 2025 is the year you go for the quarterback. Or maybe it's a, a quarterback that you can – they like J.J. McCarthy or they like Bo Nix or they like Penix Jr. Or maybe they like Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I'll leave it there on that. Go. Uh, I got to take, I got to get to a break. Thanks. I'll talk to you on Friday. See you, man. Yeah. Ben Standig, everybody. Kevin Sheehan show the team 980. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Um, want to read this. Uh, I got this from, where is it? I got this from Timothy. Um, Timothy wrote, um, sorry, I had it in front of me a second ago. 
Uh... He wrote, Kevin, you do realize that Brissett's stat stuffing against teams that have gone soft. Let's not make more of Brissett than we need to. Sam hasn't played well, but Brissett would have been that much better. Uh, Brissett wouldn't have been that much better had he started the last two games. Um, I went back. I found this email from Timothy from early November. Kevin, not sure what's taking you so, so long. We've got our next Joe Theismann, and for some reason you won't admit it and don't see it. All your off-season bluster and nonsense about Sam being a fifth-rounder and the odds, LOL, not in his favor. Well, it looks like the long shot came in this time. Um, Yeah, with some of you, it's just really – you just at some point, at some point, you just have to say, okay, I might, I might be wrong. You know, there's a chance he might not be Joe Theismann. There's a chance. That's Joe Theismann we're talking about. Sam couldn't throw the ball in an ocean from a boat on Sunday. He's 17 of 48 the last two weeks. That's a 35.4% completion percentage. Jacoby Brissett has a 78.3% completion percentage in the last two weeks. Sam is a good kid. He's got good qualities. He can play quarterback in the league. Come on, man. It's enough. Like, just at some point... Just say, I rushed to, to judgment. Should have just sat back and watched all of these games and then decided. Uh, Doc's in with Chris Russell. They're up next. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 